0: So, hello and welcome to the Two Medics podcast. My name is Thusha Wardner I'm a cardiology registrar, subspecialising in coronary intervention.
1: My name is Beth and John. I am a GP trainee, ex neurosurgery trainee, not specialising in any sort of intervention.
0: Do you think it's kind of showy that I say that? I'm just like, I don't know. What I no, think no, it just think kind it's, of is my thing. Yeah, I
1: think you would upset the balance of the world if you didn't yeah introduce myself that way it, t- it does taste take... i have no i have no specialist interest <laughs> at present
0: well that means you have many you're of many many talents while well, i ha- have I'll one I'll that couldn't it. even that be <laughs> <laughs> <It didn't really laughs> described as that i do find introducing myself in that way does take quite a long time on the telephone you know when i'm on call and just kind of like saying that each time
1: but i think but it's, it's, there, it's yeah. like your brand and if i needed someone yeah. who specialized in intervention
0: you'd then... know who to call
1: I would be like I'm very grateful that I found
0: the correct person. <laughs> ah, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. When you yeah. put it that way. So we should, before we start give a shout out to our sponsors. So our sponsors are at scrubs underscore UK. They put you in scrubs. So they're comfort driven scrubs and they produce uniforms for doctors, nurses, vets, dentists. They're designed by chaps that we know well, UK medical professionals. Do you wear scrubs at work?
1: So now I've just rotated to Scythe and taking great pleasure in wearing anything but scrubs. Like I still wear oh, clothes, but like right. not scrub clothes. Because my question to you is going to be, Are the, is the crotch in the right place in the... Oh,
0: uh, well, I <laughs> think it depends on what time high. of day. It's
1: going dark quite quickly. But been be with, with, you know, the generic scrubs that you find in like the theatre changing rooms and stuff. Yeah. I think obviously none of those are made for the female form, shall we say? Yeah. So if I get like a pair of XXL trousers because I've got these wondrous birthing hips, like the, and the crotch is dead by my knees, and that just I oh, I see connected. what you mean. Yeah. So um, uh, I look they're... forward to understanding and hearing more about the scrubs without the u actually.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, well, they are very comfortable. I think they can they they do fit better. Like they do fit better. They they kind of feel more like pyjamas. No, Do you
1: know
0: what I mean? So they're kind of, I wouldn't say that they're kind of super high, like they're not kind of like leggings. Right? Yeah, <laughs> but, but it's like a,
1: like a lounge.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're, they're quite nice. So I quite like wearing them on nights. And I just don't really want to go back. So I go into nights next week and I'm definitely going to be wearing them for that. And the other thing that I found was quite good is that they're quite, they dry quite quickly and they're quite easy to, um, to got, kind of put in the tumble dry. Yeah, they do like oh, zip pockets do. and stuff, which yeah. is oh, you no. know, one of the what really like it makes me kind of like a little bit irrationally angry. You know, when you like lean over and then your phone drops out your pocket and stuff. I was
1: just gonna say the same because I uh, touched the back of my phone within a month.
0: Exactly, it's, like, it's so annoying. So yeah, they've got lots of quite handy pockets. So if you use our promo code, which is T W O M E D I C S ten, then you'll get ten percent Oh, Do check them out. We've been busy this week. Been very busy. The whole,
1: yeah, there's there's been a lot to choose from. A lot. Yeah. Different.
0: So, do you want to start us off?
1: Yes, because this is hilarious to me. So, <laughs> robot carers. I didn't know it was a thing. No. So Rosie posted a quote. Must have been from an article in the uh, Times, obviously. Her, her, well, she's a subscriber, and that's yes. that's our source of any Times article. Exactly. It? But yeah, Rosie's caption, it's enough to make you weep. But this quote from the article states, but robot carers could soon be coming to Britain too. Both Steve Barkley, the health secretary, and Michael Gove, the leveling up secretary, which I still don't know what that is. It makes me think of yeah um, Have visited Shintomi looking for fresh ideas to tackle the social care crisis in this country. So I had a little bit of a look and because I don't have time's access. There was, a, there was an article about how in Japan, which has the kind of the largest population of elderly people, they have right. some sort of like robot carers in what capacity, I don't know. But all hmm. I could think of was the state of NHS IT. Imagine. Oh, can you imagine? We've literally just moved on from Windows XP, like literally just. What, what type of robots would we have in this country? Looking, It'd be awful, better? wouldn't it?
0: Oh They'd be like God. repurposed ones and like you'd be getting the F1 to like reset, reboot them. And it'd be like, have you got a robot Hoover? Of those?
1: No, no, I've, I, I'm fascinated by them, but no, I've not branched out into the like the robot back yet.
0: I mean, we bought one, we bought into that gimmick, but it's, I think it's a bit rubbish. Video
1: yeah. once of one that was like trying to escape out the front door and then they were like, what? Really? Becoming
0: like the sentient.
1: Yeah. But yeah, no, exactly. So you you know how hard it is to like find a laptop or a computer on the wall.
0: Oh, yeah, the yeah. computers
1: on wheels, the cows, they're never, you know, they either don't have a mouse attached or they're not plugged in. Like yeah. what would that be like with robots?
0: Yeah, because exactly.
1: Dread to think.
0: And what happened, because they're doing it because they they don't want to pay people. I mean, the they, the kind of paper carriers are so terrible, right? So they oh, think that yeah. blowing, like these robots are obviously going to be crazy, crazy, crazy expensive. Yeah. And what's going to happen when the robots like turn around and like, oh, you know, we want more pay and they start to strike and then you know, form and then a it's collective? It's an then...
1: man, isn't it? This is, the, exactly. this is the thing. Like, yeah, so I don't know. It's just, it's just typical Tory, though, isn't it? Like, we don't want to pay people, so we can't boot people. So let's literally just buy robots, which will cost a lot more. You know, hmm. like industrial action has cost them more than what we asked for with pay restoration. Mm. It's just that counterintuitive, like, do they think it looks good? Because, I don't know, like, robot heroes, Yeah. Me that looks good. I think no. someone someone commented and said, I think it was Molly, said, isn't this the plot of iRobot?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> God. Yeah. It can't end well.
1: And then, like, yeah. even,
0: like, the really cool robots you see out there, I've seen, like, Kira, and, like, there's, a. Like, those kind of like videos of robots kind of kicking a football and then like, for, yes. like awkwardly like stumbling over. I'm okay. like, how are you going to rely on that to like help transfer someone from like a bed to a chair and things yeah. like, how is that going like, to work? Like,
1: and what, like, what do you program? Like, oh, this is the, this is the maneuver for so like wiping a bum. This is like, yeah. Is like, what
0: if you, you get that wrong, right. if you're a couple of. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: be the best day of your life. Or the of your life. It,
0: <laughs> it makes me think.
1: Unexpected, I guess.
0: Yeah. And how soon, if you've got robots doing stuff like that, then, I mean, it's going to be so soon that you'll get people buy, buy buying robots off license for all kinds of other things, and surely, God, right? Yeah,
1: like <laughs> it's a slippery slope. But
0: Literally, um, might be. So, yeah, sure. yeah, it's just funny, isn't it? Like how it seems to be, you know, like it's kind of one of those, it kind of seems like an easy headline. Like, uh, there's too much bureaucracy, sack the managers, or. AI, or it's just like a buzzword that doesn't really mean anything, but it sounds like you're kind of like thinking big.
1: Totally. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, oh, it's the future, isn't it? And I just, I just got this image in my mind of like a bunch of Tories around a table. And then someone says like, oh, why don't we just buy robots? And then they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, That's a really good idea. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's like that, who would, that that thought wouldn't enter the mind of a normal person.
0: Yeah, you're right. And you know, that, that bunch of people who came up with that idea. Would be a bunch of old farts who probably couldn't even unlock their oh, an iPhone. boomers, yeah, 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 totally. like...
1: yeah, They wouldn't, they couldn't tell you what a PDF is, but they'll buy a robot to look after. Yeah, yeah. Hands, so yeah. yeah, yeah, totally.
0: God, we're in good hands, but... people. We're in good hands, yeah, you know, God, yeah, the future is great. <laughs> so, and then there was this tweet that I did see, which like, which is from at yintubate Intubate So Y and then Intubate, and she said today on how NHS does not value staff, a medical registrar left stranded and off. Site parking after day shift on at 10pm. T- locked out of the parking lot. Unable to access their car to get home. They're in tears. Had to call someone to pick them up. No mention of this at induction. No staff to let them into the car park. The next day had to be brought in by a friend. Discussion with car park staff. You should have come here. Car park admin office. Closing time, 7pm. So that doesn't make any sense
1: either. Of course
0: it does. Of course. Yeah. It's not a surprise, is it? I mean, not a lot of these things aren't surprising.
1: No, not, not not really i just i don't know it's just we hear these things time and time again don't we we never fail to be surprised by these things now
0: mm. yeah true. it's true so the thing, it's
1: shit isn't
0: it right i feel like you could tell people and that kind of answer oh you should have come here or you should have known like you should know the kind of weird intricacies of when the different offices are like isn't it kind of obvious when you see cars in a car park that you know people might want to use them and and like how why the is systems that like, are...
1: why is that an alien concept <laughs> exactly
0: and why do we have to exist in systems that are just not designed for the people who use them it just seems really peculiar yeah. why would it take having someone to like perhaps walk home through a dodgy area and then getting hurt so that people to be like oh we need to redesign the system
1: and that's it isn't it because like it's not a new thing that we've worked until the late evening it's not a new thing that we've done night shift this is yeah it's just standards it just never fe- never ceases to surprise us i think
0: no it doesn't surprise me there wasn't discussed at induction but a million other weird things will have been
1: which are completely oh useless. yeah totally because you'll do your fire safety yeah. so you'll get that boxed off you'll do yeah. your, your trust induction but nothing about car parking or you know how to actually do your job
0: no Right. Well, that's uh, not very good. Paul Medredge, about, about at the end of a shift as well. I mean. So, what's the next one? Do you mind talking? Oh, talk, oh no, i linked this one. Oh, God. Yeah. And I know actually, what i like, say. This,
1: this is, yeah. So, this has interested me a lot, actually, because I think we mentioned, I think we mentioned this at Distractor. the end of the last yeah. episode. So, this was about Andrew non- Mason. Official, yeah, non official BMA reps doing interviews. And whilst this, Person has done maybe interviews that weren't as great in the past. um yeah. That I feel personally that the interview he did on Sky News, whilst I agree he's not an official BMA representative and we should be towing the party line, what he said was pretty fine. but on, and it obviously got a lot of people talking for good and bad reasons. But and oh gosh, I, don't, I probably will get some flak for this. I think sometimes I'm not losing faith in some of our union reps, but. I guess I'm a bit skeptical of the task that some of them are taking and sometimes I feel it's a little bit difficult for me to like warm to the messaging sometimes Hmm. Uh, and this guy isn't an official BMA rep but what he said was pretty on message and made a lot of sense and it really seemed to get to the general public which is yes they're not going to decide whether we get pay restoration but it is quite it's important that I guess they know what's 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 going on but i think it was just interesting wasn't it to see people's Reaction to reactions them. to to that yeah.
0: but do you think it's because of the way that he answered the question he did it well but do you think it's the the way that he answered the questions that that's the reason that it got to people do you think if anyone because it was on sky news right so i guess it could have been circulating. He's quite good at kind of circulating. I mean it got circulated loads. 5 Yeah, yeah of...
1: totally. And I think some, and I think people will pick up on things that they don't I don't and I mean like anyone like general public whatever will pick up on things that they they don't like. And I know I'm not saying this is my personal opinion, but I know stuff about one of the BMA junior doctor committee co-chairs was in the news about kind of the, you know, the property that they owned and, oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like this. And and I think people instantly felt that, oh, well, they're not a normal person like us and whether, you know, Andrew Mason went on dressed like a doctor, you know, that's, mm-hmm. that's up for debate where, you know, you know, mm-hmm. some people, it, it maybe was a bit odd and I, and, and that's something that I probably think as well, but whether he, he maybe appealed more to the, to the masses and stuff, I, I, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe it could be something to do with that.
0: I think the interesting thing was is that uh, there are people, as you say, like all make observations and things, you know, and they'll pick up on inconsistencies and whether that's fair or not is difficult. Like, I, I think the kind of saying stuff about a, per, a you know, a person's. I, I mean, they did that with Mick Lynch, didn't they? Like, oh, you're getting paid oh, totally. this much and whatever. And I don't, I think that's it kind should, of it.
1: Shouldn't factor into no, right? It really shouldn't factor into things
0: because, like, if you if you don't. If you don't have lots of things, then you're, like, jealous. And if you do, then you're a hypocrite. Like, you can't win, yeah, really. you can't way. win. No. Yeah. But I, I feel like people were entitled... I, th- I think people are entitled to feel uncomfortable about the fact that this person wasn't an official... Oh, He's a BMA member, but not a BMA yeah. spokesman. I think people are entitled to say, oh, look, you know, because th- there is so much riding on this and there is there is this kind of totally. neat, i think there is this kind of collective agreement almost that of to kind of participate in the strikes in the hope that it will kind of bring about change and so i guess mm-hmm. people feel worried that pe- if you get individuals yeah, get acting in the- and so i i just thought it was funny some of the reactions though to this part to this oh, person gosh, saying yeah. like oh look you know you're not being a BMA representative because people are like you're being a bully and a dictator and i'm like
1: what you're like that was you're it. kind that of was like it's was so
0: weird it? i'm like you're kind of talking to a person who's got like 900 Twitter followers. Like he's just <laughs> like, what? Like what's going to happen? Like I just you know, all he's saying is, are, is that yeah. may, maybe we should just listen to like our BMA spokesman people or whatever. And I think the thing is, is that yeah, he got it right, but there was a risk that he might not have done, and oh, he could to, have easily and, gone and, the and other that way. That has right?
1: that has been the case absolutely yeah, so. in the past. And I, I remember kind of listening to a Radio Two interview that the same gentleman did and thinking oh no, like that, you know, and, and that is, a, it's a real risk, like when you've not had the official training and things. Yeah. But I think people's views on both sides of the fence, you're right, yeah. it very interesting.
0: I guess like one of the things though, that I did notice about one of the comments that was made about this bully and dictator thing, which I thought was really funny, I didn't sit quite right with me, was the person described it as diversity of representation helps rather than the same old voices and faces. And I thought it was a really interesting choice of words diversity of representation, um, yes, because
1: that is a good, that's a very good point. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Cause I felt like it was misused in a kind of slightly weaponized way because it wasn't really about like, it's not the, what we know, when we talk about diversity of representation, generally that's supposed to be about being inclusive, right. And minorities not whether you're a, a bma or...
1: member or not is it yeah. Like that's not the diversity in this so yeah that yeah, yeah.
0: that's and a so very this person... Unusual
1: choice of word yeah
0: yeah but i feel like this per- well i don't know i mean i've had a few interactions with this person before and i have to say i've not been impressed with their behavior and so i kind of wonder <laughs> like how much of that was kind of purposeful because it was mm. it was a bit of a mood like when you talk about like <gasps> Bullying. I've just realised
1: who she is and I've got her yeah, blocked I didn't yeah okay yeah. yeah
0: it's the kind of mess person you know the person who realize. said that kind of messes is elitist I just kind of think that it was a it's a cunning use of words when you call someone a bully and then you start to use like it's kind of all those things that to a trainee will make you suddenly kind of worry about questions being asked at your ARCP and stuff word mm-hmm. isn't it
1: and so
0: I thought it was a very cynical use of words but alas there you are yeah well let's move on because that person's quite scary yeah <laughs> So, oh, you added a link here, which is kind of... Can you tell me about it? So it's about two-week uh, wait yeah. being scrapped. I
1: think I don't... I still don't quite understand what's happening with this, but I know there was a lot of, like, discourse on the news and on Twitter and things about, I think, how the government was taking away some of the two-week wait targets, and I'm going to preface this by saying I'm, I'm not an expert. I've not looked into all the details, but I think, especially as general practice kind of employees or what you know workers whatever and um, hmm. obviously the two-week wait is a big part of of primary care and there's two-week wait pathways for the main specialties and I think it's something well well in this region anyway two-week wait hasn't been two weeks for quite a while for certain things really uh, because of the demand for services and stuff but I think it was just something about the government saying oh well, we're scrapping these targets and instead we're just we the new target is going to be something about I think having a diagnosis in four weeks rather than seeing somebody in two weeks and not to do with the specifics of that as such, because that's beyond this, this very lighthearted and comedic podcast. Mm. But it's, I think it was more the fact that it didn't feel like this had been done once again in consultation with healthcare professionals. Um, And there was a tweet from Sarah Tennant that I think just summed that up quite well. And she just said, as a professional heavily involved in the two week weight pathway, why do I have to read about this in a newspaper article? And she was tweeting something by Sean Linton. And I think it's just that thing, because there was something with the vaccine rollouts a while back, wasn't it, that it was like people in primary care in the community were were learning from the media what the rules were going to be and how they were going to administer these vaccines rather than actually being told themselves and it's just classic like government behavior isn't it yeah yeah totally always the last to know
0: right I remember like when there was that that kind of a media campaign about strokes you know like they did that fast thing and they're like you need to kind of have assessment within this amount of time and I remember like one of of my good friends is like involved in like a (laughs) stroke pathway and he was like what like we we don't know where (laughs) this is coming from and it just seems like yeah, literally, like, there's, like, a group of people, like, bright ideas, not going to give any investment or whatever. Or if they are, like, it's usually, like, lagging far, far behind. Yeah. And they just seem to just kind of spout stuff that they think will make headlines. And that, that's it. And it's, I don't know, like, mm. do you feel like we're able to, like, call people out on this anymore? Because I just feel like it's just happened so often. They're just like, let's well, carry on, like, you know. and Yeah, I don't
1: can't. know, because I think, like, these people, like the shit just doesn't stick. Like, I don't know how they just get away Mm. with it constantly. And whenever we do kind of, I feel like there's uproar, like nothing seems to happen. And and I've noticed people kind of say that these things that garner like attention and, you know, people debating and stuff often simultaneously come out at the same time as something else, which they're like trying to not cover up. That sounds very like paranoid, but it's like to take the heat off something else perhaps. Yeah, And I just, I don't know, I, I don't know whether it's just a, another piece of evidence to, as to how kind of dysfunctional our country is and how it's being run at the moment. But I don't know, you just assume that like the people actually who need to know these things would know from, you know, the actual policy rather than just reading it in a quote tweet from Sean Linton. I don't know. <laughs> is that expecting too much? Maybe it is. I think
0: so. Apparently it is.
1: Apparently it is. Yeah. yeah
0: it's Some embarrassment. I mean, it kind of, like, leads on, though, to kind of, you know, like, messaging, because there were a few, like, surprising messages from Twitter accounts where people were, all these, like, doctors coming out and saying that they voted Tory, and I have to say, I was surprised to see that, like, on social media as well. I don't don't think I'd
1: ever, if that, if that was me, like, I don't think I'd ever admit admit to it. It's (laughs) awful, isn't it?
0: Oh, my gosh. I literally... Can
1: I be brutally honest about something?
0: Oh, God. All
1: right. I, you didn't vote
0: Tory, did you? Because that's going to end. It's, it's worse. It's <laughs> worse. Oh my god! I,
1: I, I actually kissed a Tory once, and I, I think I knew at the time. Like I think I. I think it, it like it. Well, it, he. It, it Yeah, were there, I think I met signs. Up. Yeah, like definitely where, well, definitely the way he spoke, where he grew up, the way he bloody spoke to me the way oh just the most just oh I don't even know how Grace. to describe it without kind of getting us cancelled but um, <laughs> it was also and I refuse to believe coincidentally the worst kiss I've ever had <laughs> with
0: their teeth so oh. I'm just
1: there was just teeth and sloppiness oh, and I don't know just all the worst things that you would want and and being a raging Tory at the same time like I just yeah so awful you know that is one thing that I'm quite happy to correlate
0: yeah, shall I cut um, that out? Actually, do you want people to know that you kissed the Tory? That's or if,
1: if anyone knows of any support groups of things that you know, that's, <laughs> if that's something, if, that, if that's something that's happened yeah. to you as well, get in touch. <laughs> no, it's 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 just don't. it's just strange how like no, you're right, and it's I don't know what people wanted by coming out and saying, "Oh, I voted Tory, um, but mm-hmm. now I'll never do that again." It's like, do you want some like? recognition do you want an applause do you want people to say like oh thank goodness you've seen the light because yeah as far as i'm concerned there was never an excuse like i think this particular person i don't know whether we should reference them personally or not but Hmm. they said they voted tory until 2010 now even in 2010 i can't think of any good reason why you think it would be appropriate to vote for a conservative government it's
0: like
1: it's not the thing that it's not the hurrah that you think it is i think is what i'm trying to Well, yeah, like, no, you're right,
0: because people are going on to say, well, what, up until 2010, you probably didn't feel like it affected you. And then suddenly you felt like the decisions they made were, I guess, Mm -hmm. is the only logical explanation for that. Because aren't you otherwise saying something along the lines of maybe I'd consider to vote for them again if they weren't such, if they didn't, if this didn't affect me so much kind of thing. I just don't know what the point of that is. Like or somehow making them seem like at one point they were relatable to you. Yeah, you're right. Like I just yeah,
1: like yeah, and it's it's it. like oh well, now it doesn't serve me. So yeah, exactly. me now I'm interested in trying to make it better. Like it's just I don't know.
0: It's funny though. I've seen a few kind of tweets from women saying like I'd never kiss a Tory or whatever, and then people be like, oh, you're kind of being closed minded and stuff. And I think that's such a hilarious thing to like throw out there. You, exactly. You just like. It doesn't like hold up to any examination at all, but yeah. I just think the goal of that. I'm so angry with you, Bethan. I really am. I can't. I know, the, like, and that I'm process. just
1: like reassessing everything I thought I knew about <laughs> about myself. Yeah, I blame the world of online dating for that, and it's probably why I've not I've not been back oh. on it since.
0: Do you know? Do you know where they are now?
1: Um, no. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't, no. oh I don't think I, I don't think I want to know. It was a very. Okay. It was the. It was probably the, one of the briefest dates I've ever. Oh, I've ever had, and the being like very honest. The kiss wasn't the most. Uh, oh, what's that word? Like mutual. That's it. It wasn't mutual. Oh, it was, okay. Literally, like, I did not see that coming.
0: Really? What, what was it? Yeah. In the date? So, was it a first date
1: or? Do you really want the details?
0: I want the detail. I want to understand what's going on. My oh own date. my gosh.
1: This is just so probably a lot of the story about the flapjack and the stuff like that. It's not the same person, is it? No, no, no. But okay, it just shows right. Jesus. my unluckiness <laughs> in this world of, of dating and probably why I'm chronically single now. But yeah, so this guy I'd met online and. He ticked all the boxes from what I knew at that point. So right. he worked for the National Trust. Right. He was well-traveled. He had lots to say. He had a dog. And I think that's oh. probably what blindsided mm. me more than anything. So our date was that he would come to where the area where I was living at the time because it was near a coast. He'd bring his husky and we'd go for a nice walk along the beach, etc. And then we'd go for dinner and a drink afterwards. And that was that. So at that point, I don't think I appreciated that he was a Tory, although I will make that one of my opening questions from now on. <laughs> nice, um, yeah. And we, as we were walking along the beach and stuff, and we started to express views, I right. quickly realised that he, well, that we just didn't align, essentially. Yeah. Because that is, I don't know, you just know, and I won't go into details, but you just know. Yeah. So I just thought, oh, actually, like, I'm... I've walked. We've walked quite a distance. Like the only way I can get back is by walking that distance back, Uh, and I can't just like walk off. So we carried on chatting. We went for something to eat, uh, to which he asked if he could kiss me, and I. Oh, he asked, okay. yeah. Yeah, and I was like, no, not not really. And being the idiot that I was at the time, he was eating squid, so I just tried to think on my feet and said, oh, I'm allergic to squid, so you can oh, never kiss wow. me. <laughs> um, which was just, well, maybe it was clearly a lie Coming. because then, yeah, I thought it was quite quick, but obviously not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then when we were leaving said restaurant, I just kind of tried to make my getaway, and I said, "Oh, I don't live far from here." I had no intention of telling this guy where I lived, because mm. um, never trust a Tory. But <laughs> yeah, I said, "Oh, I, I'm I'm just going to head this way," and he kind of like pulled the hood on my coat, and whether he thought he was being romantic oh. and trying to like, spin me around and, and kiss me. It kind of happened. That oh, way. that's how it happened. Oh, fair yeah, enough. so it was very oh, good, but it just cemented to me that that is something that I would never ever do again.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Okay, but, Gosh. but yeah,
1: so join join next week for more of uh, more of my <laughs> calamity dating. Yeah, stories.
0: I was kind of wondering, like during there the meal, was he making?
1: Oh. Yeah, there are many, yeah.
0: Like, during the meal, was he making comments, about, you know, like, whilst you're eating, like, I hope there aren't any hungry school children around, because he wouldn't want them tea and it, all that kind of stuff. But
1: you know what, like, I laugh, because it, it, like, it started to go that way, and the way he was talking about, like, privileged people, and God. a little bit related to what we're going to come on to, actually, about oh, really? who are privilege think they're hard done by sometimes yeah, because they have yeah. to compete with the with the common people like me who are very white you know widening mm. access working mm. class backgrounds and stuff because you know we have all the chances in life don't we mm. but it's just yeah th- it, that type of person if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah fair enough good riddance yeah,
1: mate i i could write a book let me tell you oh. <laughs> maybe that's how i'll make my millions one day it's all experience it is, of funny is.
0: stories it- okay so like Sorry to hear that. Sorry for, you know. Oh gosh, don't I, be I, I, just, We live and I learn, baby. Well. We live and learn. I don't. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's a tweet that I kind of copied in just because I thought it was very wise. It's just it's very wise. And it was by at braesful. B-R-A-E-S-F-U-L-L. And it says, accountability is sincerely apologizing and enacting changed behavior. You don't also get to tell people that you've done enough. People don't have to accept your apology and you have to learn to be okay with that. And that's so true. That second part, I'm like, yes, when you yep. apologize, you, you don't get to kind of figure out if that, per- you don't get to kind of dictate whether no. that person should be okay with that.
1: The um, whole essence of an apology, and I think this is something I've learned of late, is that it shouldn't be about you. Hmm. And I there's this amazing list. So she's written a few books, Dr. Harriet Lerner. And she did this podcast with Brene Brown once and it was all about apologising and what an apology should be and what it isn't. And it was very groundbreaking for me because I think I previously was and sometimes can be that type of person that when I apologise, I feel so guilty that I then over-apologise. And it, oh, yeah. and, I, and I don't mean it to be like this, but it has then, I appreciate now has come, then it, it makes it a bit about you then and it really shouldn't be like that And she's just got this list of like nine essential ingredients for an apology. And it's all those things that, you know, it shouldn't include the word but because it's like, oh, I'm sorry, but the the focus should always be on your actions and not on how the other person responds. So, again, it's like that thing you were saying, they don't have to accept your apology. Mm. Uh, An apology should always include an offer of restitution that fits the situation. So we have to want to learn to do better. An apology should not overdo. It, mm. apology shouldn't get cut, shouldn't get caught up in who's more to blame or who started uh, it because again it should just be i'm sorry and that's yeah. the, the end isn't it an apology should require that you do your best to avoid doing whatever it was again because then you have not learned mm. uh, an apology should not serve to silence an apology shouldn't be offered to make you feel better if it risks making the hurt party feel worse and the apology, and I think this is probably the most important, the, hurt, the apology does not ask the hurt party to do anything, not even to forgive. Mm. Uh, and I just, for me, I know it sounds so simple, but I think people are just rubbish. Yeah, why is it so hard, do you think? I don't know, and I think it is a lot. I do well, I wonder if it's a lot about sometimes people just think it's something they should say because mm. it, they think, oh, well, you know, I've said sorry, so we can just move on, but... I think sometimes doing a really horrible fake apology is worse than just not saying sorry at all because yeah, it's quite. I think a fake apology is quite manipulative, or that's how it feels to yeah to me. You
0: almost yeah, like the fake ones almost make the other person feel like they can no longer be outraged or be upset because the apology, the substandard apology, has been given. So you almost undermine their their kind of state of mind by putting that there. Whereas at least yeah. if they haven't bothered to give you that crap then you know at least then you kind of there's still a feeling of justification Yeah, you know, like i feel like ego like comes into it as well right because often when people totally. can't apologize they just it's because they identify too strongly with being right all the time and then they find it difficult to admit that they are wrong and that things need to change as um, we It's something i'm on like really Twitter, obsessed with all
1: the time yeah 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 yeah, yeah. so i am, um, i'm very much an over apologizer like sometimes I feel like I apologise my bloody existence. And I don't mean that in a dark way, but it's just yeah, become yeah. like ingrained. I just sometimes feel so sorry. And I, and it's like mm. that thing, there's no particular reason. And I think yeah. sometimes connecting with stuff like that, it actually just makes you reassess kind of, it's, thing, those kind of things should be sincere, isn't it? And it's yeah. like, I think that whether it's ego and stuff, like you said, there's a lot of insincerity about at the moment, which just causes a lot of aggro,
0: yeah, yeah, totally. But well, I think like it can make you feel good by apologizing well, because if you can redress that balance or like, create harmony, then that can feel quite good. So there is like an art to doing it well. And then when you do it's a good feeling. So I don't really understand how people find it ha- so hard to apologize, but I guess and to begin with first, they have to admit to being wrong and that's not there.
1: Well, um, that's yeah, there's the history issue.
0: Yeah. So the next tweet was kind of interesting. I think there's been a lot kind of, well. I certainly well, I've picked up on my timeline about kind of there was like this t- a tweet from Kim Kardashian about kind of like routine MRIs and lots of like screening tests and that seemed I seem to see that popping up lots in my feed and this there's a tweet from at Patricia underscore an as an A double N and then underscore E which says one of the first things I learned in my healthcare career is that if a test or procedure is not going to change anything and not going to change management you don't do that test apparently saying this makes me a terrible person on the internet today <sighs> what do you think
1: i think it's a very good point i think we should think a lot more about what we do hmm. i remember a couple of years into being qualified and i think when you're an f1 you do the whole gamut of fbc une crp lft you know it's like a like a rote thing, isn't it? And then someone said to me, do you know that each test costs money to run? Mm. And I said, (laughs) no, that is not something that I think I appreciated. (laughs) And it it just got me thinking, like sometimes not all those tests are appropriate. And then, you know, we got into this whole discussion of like, sometimes you can just get abnormal results. You weren't looking for something, then what do you do about them? And especially with that like Kim Kardashian whole body scan thing, that whole... Mm like incidentalomas and yeah stuff. Incidental and then what illness, that yeah. means for your life and your life insurance you know all those things yeah uh, it's good I think it's really good to think about that kind of stuff
0: yeah I mean I have to say like I'm probably gonna like I'm just gonna like contradict myself because one of the things that I've <laughs> come across one guy I remember who had a bupa health check now part of his bupa health check was that he had a heart tracing and it was a bundle branch block and then he went on to have a CT coronary. this is all like privately and yeah. then he got set and then then the ct showed some like coronary calcium and then he got referred by his gp like to kind of discuss it and this guy had no symptoms at all and he's like i've got a heart condition and that's the way he was talking about it is this like young quite otherwise quite fit guy and to mm-hmm. try and untangle that i've got a heart condition that's really difficult but at the same time so that in like completely asymptomatic patients i think is i'm just not sure what good can come of it yeah. But at the same time, you do get people who have really atypical symptoms. And I do sometimes say, I don't think this is going to be a problem, but yeah. I can request this test because part of our job is to reassure you. And I have had patients say, oh, if you really don't think it's there's a point to it, then don't do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay. But <laughs> sometimes... Like, no, no,
1: don't, don't trust me that much. Don't trust yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'll
0: take it back. I'll take it back.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> sometimes though... I saw Envy Davies who tweeted saying something along the lines of health anxiety is real. Mm -hmm. And it can't sometimes do you not find that for people to feel listened to,
1: sometimes you have
0: to investigate
1: them. Totally. And I see this. A lot in headaches so people who present to primary care with headaches it's Mm. a big thing and we all have headaches and it often interests me as to why at that point in time has that patient now come to see us Mm. Um, and I think being from a neuro background I'm definitely not an expert but I feel quite comfortable seeing people with headaches and I tend to feel just because I've seen many 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 people with headaches I know the ones that I worry about and the ones Mm. that I don't and a lot of people in primary care will come to you wanting a scan because they say, I've got a headache. I'm worried I've got a brain tumor. Do you not mm. think I need a scan? And then, you know, there is an element of things like, well, if you do have a brain tumor, often it's not going to present the first in the first way just with a headache. There's going to be other things. I find that reassuring. And when I've kind of said to other doctors about that, they find it reassuring, but mm. it doesn't really reassure a patient. And I completely understand that. We can't really book, direct access MRIs in our area without having spoken to like a, an encore neurologist first mm. and sometimes I've spoken to the neurologist and they've said do you know what anxiety might be a huge part of this doing a scan if it helps them in the meantime even though that's not our protocol normally mm. like sometimes it is indicated and there is potentially then a therapeutic yeah. aspect to that negative scan mm. uh, I think with anything you do enough tests you are going to pick up those people who don't present in a typical fashion and I don't know the data as to how many of the people that they pick up that whatever the finding is doesn't mean anything but I just think it really is an interesting area and I sometimes think about what I would want um, and I get very caught up about things because I like to think I'm probably you know I I want to be that person who's quite sensible and I'm like well actually I can see why I don't need that scan or that blood test but actually then when I have been experiencing symptoms you can't help. Sometimes knowing too much is a curse, isn't it? And yeah, think, sure. Oh, well, maybe I should get this. So yeah, it's a very interesting area. and I think It's so difficult, right? Who knows what the right answer is, yeah.
0: Right. I think it's kind of easy to dunk on people, isn't it? For like, oh gosh, yeah. for over-investigating. But at the same time, I think in a medical setting, of course, in cardiology, we get lots of it like, oh, we did like a random troponin on this person who doesn't have any symptoms. And then I think it's different because then you're trying to reassure a colleague about yeah. how this patient doesn't need like investigating and stuff. And that in itself is an art because, as you say, they do know of exceptions or they might have niche experience of this one thing that happened and therefore... And then you have to be even more artful in how you reassure them. You're, oh, gosh. Like,
1: yeah, ad- and the, and these, are the, these are the experiences that stick in our mind. Like, if you've seen something batshit crazy hmm. that you would never have expected or no one else expected... It's really hard to forget and to not mm. think about it every time that you see somebody with something that's vaguely yeah. familiar. And it's like, oh, sure. I saw that person one time. And then it yeah. sometimes leads you down a bit of a road yeah. that might not be completely appropriate. But it's this is the human psyche. We'll never get yeah. to the bottom of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, that's true. So what's this next one? You linked this one, the
1: yeah. being,
0: being able to walk on the lawn. What's
1: I think I was having a bit of a ragey day, but... There was, there was this tweet by Dr. Charlotte Proudman. She's a barrister, and I think she's she's got quite a following on Twitter. She's won Women in Law Awards, and, and I see a kind of tweet a bit about equality oh, and yeah. stuff. But she tweeted, and it was like a picture of her on, on a lawn outside a college. So she said, as my cousin took this picture of me in King's College, Cambridge, a white male student shouted, if they catch you, you'll get checked out. I sharply told him I belong here my portrait hangs in the college chapel not his and it was just a bit of this dig of like well I'm an alumni so I'm allowed to walk on this lawn and there's some rule about walking on the lawn is only allowed if you're a senior member of the college or if you're a fellow of the college so not normal students essentially and I agree there's obviously you know it's a typical maybe it's a male thing and saying oh you know, it was a woman on Never the lawn she couldn't possibly be a fellow or a senior uh, yeah. and, and but it was just it was the way that it all came about and it was just like someone said that it just felt like she was saying I get to walk on the grass because I'm a middle-class academic it was just from both sides it, it was Amazing. just not yet an argument that I just thought like oh shit are we actually arguing over <laughs>
0: Someone walking on some grass.
1: It was just so first world that yeah. Where's the harm?
0: Where's ex- the harm? Yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> and I, you know, when I, it just, it just made me laugh because how it, it did seem to take that turn of like, God. oh no, darling, like I'm, you know, have you not seen my portrait on the chapel wall? Like yeah, it was Jesus. just yeah. And I just thought, you know what? Some people live in a very different world to the rest of us. Yeah, what a bunch of toffs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll never walk on that lawn.
0: Well, that's. I mean, that is kind of infuriating in its own way, isn't it? Because, yeah, as you say, there are just so many bigger problems and that's like... Yeah. But isn't it funny how stuff on, like, Twitter can just, like, spiral off, like, to mean, know, like, that's... how many... Like, like, what I think I mean, it's like what we nasty. were
1: saying last week, isn't it? Like, sometimes you just find yourself in the middle of something. And because of that pace of Twitter sometimes, it can be a relief that... Like, you know, I, I think if that was me and I was in that kind of position, I'd be hmm. mortified. But hmm. then, like, until you'd mentioned it, I'd forgotten about that tweet already. I'd forgotten that I linked that to, <laughs> to this podcast.
0: Yeah, but at that moment in time, that was big. At that moment, like, felt, <laughs> in that moment in time, it
1: got me riled up, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, fair enough. I know that sensation very, very well. So speaking <laughs> of which, there's this kind of lead journalist called Amanda Patel, who, of course, let's is a female Let's columnist. say journalist
1: in the looser sense.
0: Of yeah, I've got the Just yeah. writes for a rag. You rag. So she wrote, how do you sleep at night knowing you are endangering patients when you've already been offered a pay deal way above other workers? Striking junior doctors will cost the NHS an extra one billion by demanding a 35% pay rise. This is on top of the $20.5 billion the government has put into the... Oh, she pays. For, of course she pays for a, a Twitter, so cool. there's more. This is on top of the $20.5 billion the go- govs have put into the NHS, adding to the $180 billion budget. The NHS also has 764,370 cancelled appointments, including 40,000 cancer patients with waiting lists now at $7.6 million. So they on and pay us properly then. Anyway, someone's replied saying you yeah. should do a night shift hours-wise if all else, and then post what you've experienced. To be honest. And she follows up with, You honestly don't think I've worked throughout the night tons of times working in politics.
1: Because it's just wow. the same, isn't it, bro? It's just same. the same. It's the yeah. same. Yeah,
0: just thinking up those robot carers. Who do you think oh, is coming God. up with these great ideas?
1: Yeah, so just yeah, so, 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 I'll just be up all night waiting for the votes to come in and be counted. Yeah. But do you know what? That's totally the same. as yeah, exactly. doing Like a, a night shift in Pete's. It's, it's eat totally out to help Prussia. out. Come on, Who's man. Of course. Yeah. What are we joking. on about? Come on. I don't know. Respect the thing is, is to, that respect to the rag journalists. Come on.
0: Absolutely. I, th- I saw Doctor Ruby off just kind of just uh, wisdom always, and it was just something true. like there was no point trying to have a discourse with these people because you won't change them. They just don't have the will to change. I like Um, that. But yeah, that one was pretty rage-inducing.
1: I just just like, I thought that that, that even crossed her mind to say this is, that comparison's fair The comparison, yeah. yeah, Yeah, It
0: makes makes you wonder. Do you like, I wonder what she thinks happens. What do like doctors really do? No, that's a
1: very good point. I, I do genuinely think people don't get it. So, you know, I've like none of my family are medical, but I remember qualifying and saying I'm on call and then just assuming that as an F1, I'd be sat at home just answering a phone call about something. Mm. And I'm like, no, no, I'm I'm in work for 12 hours all throughout the night. And actually that doesn't, this nonstop Stop. Uh, when you're not in that world. That's what people can think, but mm. You know, it's not to say we are trying to tell people. And as a journalist for, again, journalist in, in speech marks, but as a journalist for a big kind of paper, you're not even trying to figure out what we actually do. No. It doesn't fit your narrative just, at the end of the day, does it? So Exactly.
0: Just the ideas that pop into their head and they just put it out there.
1: Yeah. Oh, I don't know.
0: It's, it's, all, like,
1: it's all thought diarrhoea.
0: Did you see the tweet that was from Evelyn Mensah? So at Eve yes. Osh, which said, Toxic and on accounts are curious. They spew their hateful bile and wonder why no one wants to engage with them. I maintain they're bona fide. Oh, I said that right. Cowards who Bonafide. lack integrity. Bona fide. Oh my God. I ca- oh, ruined that. Anyway, I sorry think you about probably
1: that. said it in a real Latin way and I've
0: just. Said it <laughs> I'm like Bastardized, like yeah.
1: British way. Uh, yeah.
0: well, I don't know. I'm terrible at kind of getting the pronunciation and stuff right cowards who lack integrity there's always an element of racism, sexism, mis- misogynoir, queerphobia or whatever takes their hateful fancy and Coyote replied saying it's the entitlement to your time for me and I definitely find that with Twitter you know the kind of name bunch oh, of numbers gosh. who'll come out with stuff and you're like what where have you got that from and then they're like oh and then sometimes it gets people who are like your agenda I've never interacted before what the hell do you know about yeah. me and my agenda and yeah, stuff absolutely. Um,
1: but then- no, I think that that's she's like. Well, I adore Miss Mensel. I think everything she tweets is amazing, and <laughs> that's spot on, isn't it? Because I think I d- there's a lot of toxic anonymous accounts who I just cannot look again, and I'll block on site. Yeah. But it is it is curious because you do there is there is something behind it, and it, and like Coyote saying, it's like they try and it's like almost like a bait for engagement. And yeah. it's like they know what your answer's going to be, but you give time, like he said, and you respond, and then more just swoop on. And it's like this thing, mm. this like rehearsed thing that they do all the time. But they, that's what they obviously think they're entitled to.
0: Yeah, yeah, fair. and it's so true. Like you can't you can't win, right? But I, I still keep yeah. finding myself applying to them annoyingly. I just can't stop. I think that's the desire to end with a funny takedown.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I get, yeah, I, to- I totally get that. And normally I'm someone who... I like to have the last word, but yeah. I think I've blocked so many of them now that I've just created yeah. this like echo chamber.
0: No, <laughs> no, fair enough. It's yeah, a safe it's, place, right? Yeah. But totally. do you see like on Twitter today, there's Elon Musk was tweeting about how he's going to remove the block feature. Yeah, That's terrifying I saw isn't
1: it? that. That is awful. Yeah. I, and I saw a lot of people who I would follow who have said, if that comes in, I'm off. And mm. that I just really sad because like it is, it's a safety thing at the end of the day. And, you know, we, we see it sometimes when you, when you like, when someone like treats COVID's been the big one, and I feel like every mm. time I've tweeted about Donut Guy or COVID, like they all just like swoop on mass, and I'm quite easy to quite hasty to do like a mega block or whatever, mm. and it does work to kind of keep the riffraff away. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, I don't know. I just think it could it could turn into like a very very different place if that comes in.
0: Do you think? I mean, really though, like I think the number. Of, so I joined Threads, and I have to say I haven't kind of been super consistent with it because it kind Actually, of has. I
1: joined it and I've not been back since.
0: Yeah. yeah. Is it kind of, for me I think it's the Instagram problem which is that I feel like there's a bit more pressure to kind of post pictures of yourself. I don't know, I feel like it's a bit more yeah. kind of there's more sheen to it. I-
1: yeah, I just don't have the bandwidth. Like, I noticed too. that I probably used to use like Facebook. Uh, I was gonna <laughs> say in the olden days, but and then when when I kind of started using Twitter more, like during COVID, to try and like, connect with other people, mm. I just noticed that I I seem to have like the mental capacity for one, and then mm. it just like I I noticed that I hardly use Facebook now, and I just I think I just struggle just generally to to keep, keep on both. top of more than one. And for me, I think Twitter just gives me more of what I'm looking for. Yeah, Um, And I will dip in and out of of maybe, I hardly ever go on Instagram, but Facebook and stuff. And I just don't know what it is. That's just what the particular feature is that's keeping me on that one platform.
0: Yeah, I think it is difficult, right? And you've also like, you would have spent time kind of really kind of cultivating your circle and the people yeah. you follow and the people who follow you and whatever and they kind of the, because there may be people that you don't want to follow you or you don't want to kind of hear from or reply to you have blocked or you know you've kind of mm. got there and then to kind of the kind of feeling of having to like start that again and, yeah
1: um, it, it, it does take yeah I don't think I realize how much work it takes actually yeah yeah right. You're right. Yeah, yeah because
0: which is why I wonder like if they did remove the block, block function like whether people would still be like oh god and then kind of mm. just put up... Because it's just slowly been getting worse, hasn't it? Yeah, uh, there's it lots been, more ads in There has been some shift. Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: But I guess i have run. Oh, food, for,
1: food for thought, mate. Food
0: for, yeah, food yeah, for yeah, thought. Yeah, so you, yeah, yeah, yeah. So speaking of food for thought, there was that tweet from Dom Pimenta. He used to be a cardiology reg, but now I think he's kind ah, of... He's very okay. much... An, he's an AI researcher. Oh my Ooh, gosh. That's, yeah, I didn't realise that.
1: That's, that's a new addition.
0: Did you see like... So his tweet was about kind of how much of our learning as a doctor should focus on rarer conditions? And he says, assume a physician might see 100,000 patients in their entire career. A rare disease is defined as a disease that affects less than one in 200,000 of the population. So what is the approximate chance? Doctor will see a rare disease patient in their career. And most people voted for less than half a percent, but the other options were 50% and greater than 99%. And then he said, and based on your answer above, what percentage of time should be spent teaching rare diseases versus other diseases at medical school? And people said either less than 1%, less than 10%, which is what most people voted for. Then another option was no separation, which got 30% of the vote. What do you think?
1: So this really interested me because I think I was thinking about what I've seen and and, and what I do kind of thing. And hmm. I, I don't know what it should be measured on, but I just I don't think the incidence of a disease should determine proportionally how much time it gets when it's taught in, in medical school. But hmm. I don't know what other measure I would use, I guess, maybe like the potential impact or the outcome no, yeah. or the fatality. But it got me thinking because talking about headaches again just because I like the brain but I did a talk recently for some of other GP trainees about headaches in primary care and we're focusing on the very common things and we had some of we had a discussion with some of the like the GP educators that were there about actually like how many of you have actually seen a brain tumor in your entire career Hmm. and some were saying well I've been a GP for like 30 years and I probably saw less than five Hmm. and then I think about I've seen, obviously my judgment is yeah. Skewed, cl- clouded, it? but I have seen hundreds and hundreds of brain tumors. And it's strange because I know a lot about that one area. And obviously in GP, that probably doesn't serve me from what I do need to be doing, but I feel like I'm very grateful for what I know. Yeah. So to me, like that, that has never been seen as like a rare disease, even though some GPs have said, well, I've never seen one. It's, it's strange. And I think, I probably wouldn't feel as confident as I do about assessing people with headaches and stuff if I didn't have all that experience behind me. But then Hmm. knowing that headaches is going to be a big part of primary care, but then when I think about what I was taught about brain tumours in medical school, I can't remember any teaching. And I just think, how do we decide? Like, uh, yeah, Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's it's really strange, yeah. It
0: is. Doesn't that highlight how kind of crude it is that... I guess in a GP practice, you'd have a certain number of GPs there and they all have had quite varied careers. Like some of them would have done GP training where some of their attachments would have been in ENT or orthopedics whereas some others might have different career routes because I remember like when I did my GP placement there was a person who'd been an ENT registrar and then retrained as a GP and I think experience that adds to like a department so you could discuss patients with your colleagues and you have this group of people who all have different experiences that's kind of cool and that There's a pool of knowledge. And I I think
1: that's what I've realized about kind of speaking to fellow GP trainees. And I think, oh, you look a bit older like me. You don't look (laughs) as fresh-faced as some of our colleagues. And there's people from nuclear medicine. There's people from cardiology. It's all those kind of things. And you think, gosh, if you had a practice with all those people. Yeah. Like you are the... It is. And it's like that. You're tapping into all those things. And, you know, and it's great that we have access to like advice and guidance and stuff because it allows you to kind of speak more quickly to like you know specialists and stuff, hmm. but I and I think that goes along as a slight segue. But someone said to me once, like no no experience in medicine is wasted. Like yeah, whatever you do, nice. you yeah. never yeah, know when you're gonna draw on it. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know. It's just I think like it's it's strange. So to me, going back to this boring neuro stuff. So I've it's seen bleeds boring. on the brain. I've seen brain tumors. Whereas hmm. I will see someone with a headache, and I can. I might not know exactly what it is, but I'll say I don't, it's not a subarachnoid hemorrhage. Whereas someone who hasn't seen that before might someone could say to them, Oh, this headache just came on really, really quick. It's really bad. It's the worst headache I've had. And without digging into that, might just think, oh shit, this is a subarachnoid And then it's and it's like the mm. fact that you've not had the experience in that might make it more difficult. So even though that's yeah. a rare disease, knowing even less about it. It's like counterintuitive, it like it's yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and, yeah, and I, no, no, it fine. makes it feel like it's more than what it is, and I and I I just think it's a that's a really interesting tweet because it just made me think like you know if someone came in with chest pain, I would just assume everyone's having a heart attack. Yeah, <laughs> so no, fair enough. It, that, it just works both ways, doesn't it? It's true.
0: Like, and I remember getting a call from like a paramedic who was working in A and E, and she had a specific way of like referring to. She goes, "I cannot rule out ischemic pain." She said something like that. And I remember the way she fra- phrased it and I remember thinking to myself, when she's saying that, that's because I feel like she doesn't feel confident enough. Knowing what it is means that you're much more able to discard it and kind of put it to the side because you know what it is. And yeah, yeah, you're right. It's kind of quite thought-provoking. I wonder what he's go- yeah. doing with that, with that line of questioning. Yeah,
1: I think it's I, it's quite, it made me think actually, because oh medical school was a long time ago, but I just, there are, whether things were touched upon, I, I, I don't know, but I do wonder how, when the curriculum's, like, decided what, like, how it's decided how yeah, much time true. Is, is given to stuff.
0: Yeah, it's funny, because when you were, when you were talking about subarachnoids being kind of uncommon, I was like, oh, are they uncommon? Okay, all right, fair enough. And then I was like, Friedrich's Ataxia, which is, like, what I spent quite a lot of time, like, reading about, like, yeah. MRCP and stuff. And I looked it up, and it's, like, one in 30,000, which I guess isn't. I mean, it's kind of, that's, that's quite rare.
1: There's isn't rare, it? there's rarer things, isn't it? Yeah. I think, like, I did a couple of years of neurology as as neurosurgery training, and I, I can't recall seeing like a case. But then I feel like I learned no, that more probably. about the in medical yeah, school yeah, and some yeah, other yeah. things. Like, it's fun, isn't it? Yeah.
0: Like, yeah, who makes that decision? I remember we did like a lot of biochemistry in our in our course because Same. did you? Uh, okay, Friends. Yeah,
1: we were the, the traditional type of. It was before the whole PBL thing and stuff came uh, in. Okay and we had like i think we had two years of pure biochem
0: it's bonkers isn't it? i hated it mm. i thought if this yeah, medical school exists then
1: but i thought it's yeah, because I thought, it a con- <laughs> I thought
0: it was a conspiracy yeah. because like one of the guys who was kind of quite was like writing our courses was a biochemist and it was like buy my book type thing so so I was oh my gosh
1: that's exactly what we had as really? well really like, so the recommended racket, reading it? list just happened to be see happened to be authored by some of the lecturers that we had how convenient like, hmm, interesting
0: yeah, there's not many nice of that around. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: yeah cool so like we are kind of coming up quite close to time but i did think we should probably give some time to the tweet that generated a lot of outrage including for myself like i was quite kind of shocked to see it. you know the one about non-medical consultants mm. do you see that so it was a, yes. there was a tweet about a job advert in blackpool which happened before actually about non-medical positions but the outrage yeah, it's not, pertaining it's not to first this
1: time is it
0: no And it's about kind of a non medical consultant for stroke, I think. So it said that they had. So it says, an exciting opportunity has arisen within the integrated medicine and patient flow division as we look to recruit two non medical consultants, 8B and 8D, I guess that refers to banding, to our expanding acute stroke service at Backpool Teaching Hospitals Trust. We now successfully bid for our Hazu, so our hyper acute stroke unit, and are now building, beginning to build a team to achieve that goal. As a non-medical consultant, you'll work clinically as part of the medical consultant rotation within the HAZU service. You will be a registered nurse or AHP with substantial stroke experience. You'll be instrumental in developing our HAZU and our stroke pathways in line with the regional integrated care service. And so the reactions to that were of indignation. The answer to uncompetitive pay is not to recruit non-medical consultants. It's to pay fairly and competitively. was one of the comments I saw. But obviously, then, the, as with most of these things, with the Twitter outrage, then you kind of got the kind of the other takes on it, which seemed more reasonable. What did you think of it all?
1: Yeah, so I think like I I do I, I do get the outrage, and I think I probably get it from both sides. Like I do remember being a trainee in neurosurgery, and there was things that I really needed to do with my portfolio. Like you don't have a choice; you have to do them, uh, and because of staffing levels and things, it meant that I had to be elsewhere on the ward. And then some of like my other kind of allied health colleagues were doing things that I literally needed to kind of, kind of get signed off. So I I do appreciate that people are worried and, and stuff, but then I see the other side of things where, you know, this, these roles might've come about, I guess, and I I don't know, but if there is a dearth of consultants and they can't recruit, then and and I, I agree with to what they're saying about, you know, we should improve the the pay and stuff. But mm. sometimes like the staff isn't there to, to re- recruit and we know there's like loads of vacancies and stuff. Mm. The- I just, I don't know. And I th- I think what I appreciate, though, is our training is very different. And since this kind of job advert came around and uh, we mentioned like the, the PA stuff a bit last week and about the P and stuff that was missed, like the training is different and how we are taught and how we think and how we critically appraise things is very different. And some some groups might be kind of more driven by protocols and SOPs and pathways. Yeah, And I sometimes think as, as doctors, sometimes we are more likely to deviate from those things and, and have mm. that knowledge and experience just that's because so of how we've been trained and what we've yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah. And diversity like We just know that right. things, yeah, things don't fit that, you know, often they don't fit kind of exactly as, as we would want. So there is that difference in that way. I certainly do think that, you know, nurse consultants can add a lot and that's from, you know, both sides for for patients, for colleagues, for everyone, for themselves. But I, I get it. And I think, Mark, Toshner, who's a consultant, wrote quite a good thread that kind of followed that up and, and said, are you sitting on Twitter wondering why doctors are on one hand complaining about being understaffed and simultaneously incandescent with rage about the expansion of non-doctor roles? And I think that was getting at the non-doctor consultant kind of thing. Hmm. And, it, and it's a good point, and I think there's arguments from from both sides. It's, it's a difficult area, and I think it's an area that's going to be more and more kind of around mm. and non-traditional job roles and stuff being introduced for various reasons yeah but i think i don't know and and it, it always seems to be that something catastrophic happens and that's when all this like discourse comes around comes
0: around yeah it's with outrage isn't it because i think yeah. that they, i think there was a comment i think from the trust saying that they had tried to get a medical consultant and they'd offered kind of golden handshakes and this is things. The thing yep and but nobody. and so like some of the replies are like well if you if you feel so angry about it why don't you go and work in Because nobody wants to i mean they found it very difficult to guess, get any yeah. consultants and yeah. um, so it's tough isn't it but yeah, yeah of course if if i mean there's so many things that need to get better for that situation to change like more training numbers you need more people training a stroke because it's a problem everywhere there is a problem yeah. with, there is, like, there are. It's the
1: whole, like, it's, it's the whole, what's the service, uh what do you call it, thrombectomy, thrombectomy yes. service. Yeah. Because there was talk about cardiologists having to do this, because I think as radiologists, neurologists, neurosurgeons, there's, obviously I've missed the recent kind of discussions about that, but at the time when I was still in training, when we when we first brought it in locally, it was very much a nine to five, Monday to Friday service. It needs to be obviously 24-7, 20, like, you know, every day, Mm. every hour, you know, and then it was like, well, where are those people going to come from to do these thrombectomy stroke patients? And I know there was, like I say, discussion about cardiologists kind of training in that and whether it was radiology or neuro. Yeah. But yeah. And then obviously there's an issue lower down with training numbers. There's not enough training, training numbers to create these posts. So it goes far back. It's not just a, consultants. Let's employ non, you know, non-medical consultants, but yeah.
0: It needs, like, a crazy amount of investment, but also a crazy amount of, like, infrastructure to be... And, like, I just don't yeah. feel like... And it's
1: going to take years. It's going to yeah. take years.
0: And there's no really... It doesn't really seem like there's appetite from the government to address those things, because it's no. It's not going to be hard. No. I mean, they could they just won't talk won't. about pie-in-the-sky stuff, like AI and robots, but, yeah, you know, they can't even the set up AI the infrastructure. Get the
1: robots to do the thrombectomy.
0: Yeah, exactly. But... Why haven't we
1: but... thought
0: of that yet? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so I guess... Is it okay if we, if I ask you a question that I was like desperate to get your input on, which Ooh. was about bath straining? I'll, decide, bath straining I'll
1: decide after you ask me the question. <laughs> okay, fine.
0: Go on. What is bath straining? Do you know what bath straining is? I don't think many people know what this is because it is kind of, no, I've asked and I live in
1: the, I live in the bath, so I don't know why I don't know what this is. Yeah, like, so- I conduct all my business from the bath.
0: I can't say who this person was who kind of told it to me because I feel like now I'm, like, shaming them. But it was so weird. It was such a surreal conversation. It was so so surreal. And basically he was saying, like, oh, like, sometimes my partner, you know, would like me to strain the bath after I use it. And I was like, strain the bath? What do you mean? And so he was like, you know, when, like, you have a bath and there's, like, debris that gets into the bath to, like, strain it out. And I was like, so when what like can you guess what my question I mean what comes to mind when someone says that to you?
1: but debris like where where have you been like yeah when, when I when I get into the bath, I don't think there's anything that falls off, off me you. to like right I, I like and I then just I was
0: like. With... Why? what situation what? are we in are
1: yeah like, they're not ty- they're not toileting in the bath are they is that what no at? thank god oh, no
0: okay. no thank goodness no
1: i was about to just, stop the podcast then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah hang the hold the phone <laughs> too far, too yeah, far, blocked, yeah blocked blocked yeah move to <laughs> yeah. another
0: town you know? um but yeah so i was a bit like but surely here's
1: oh, like his, do they mean his?
0: yeah so partly that as well yeah his. Oh, no. but yeah. why why would you but then i was like why didn't you just let why don't you let the water out of the bath?
1: Wait, why is it not draining? Yeah, like, yeah, are they sharing a you? bath?
0: Yeah, so like, he'd do the bath first, and then he'd get out, and then she'd use, she'd, and I was like, so she's oh. she's like bathing in your dirty bath water? And I was like, oh, and he's like, yeah, I'm like, what's wrong with that? You know, we share like fluids and stuff. Oh. I'm like, okay, okay. But then, like, also the temperature's not quite right right? Because it would be kind of colder. And he's like, oh no, I like it really scalding hot. So by the time she gets in, it's just right, like, you know, mother bear. But I still wasn't happy with this. I was like, but why can't you just refill a new bath? Like, it just, is dirty. Like, and... Thank thank
1: goodness I live alone. It's
0: crazy, right? But then...
1: Thank goodness I live alone. (laughs) Mate!
0: And he's like, no, but... And then I was like, wait a second. Where do you... So obviously at the same time, I was a bit like, but you know, you know, it's as clean as you might be, you're still going to be... That's why you're having the bath, right? You're using that to clean yourself. And yes. she's getting cleaned in that. And then, oh, where no. are you getting the strainer from?
1: Yeah, because it becomes... like It must be like the last person soup. Like, they yeah, get but, out. It's like, oh, well, I've stewed a bit.
0: But what so, are they using to strain the bath? Net?
1: Is, it a, is it a fishnet? Is it a sieve? No. It's so a sieve, like, you know, like It's a sieve from the kitchen. Oh, sieve. that's made it? the cakes. That's, me. Yeah. Like that <laughs> Again, That's exactly. the bread they offered us earlier through It's been
0: made <laughs> yeah, exactly. with the bathtub. Yeah, it's oh human skin and hair. So That's, I was yeah, like, I was maybe, just... Protein. And then, you know how, like, as you say, like, to apologise, I was like, I was trying to offer up kind of...
1: Were you something. trying to make it sound okay? Yeah,
0: and I said... Okay, oh, like, good, good lad. I tried to... Because yeah. I know that there's, like, a cultural thing. I mean, I have to say we don't do this, but, you know, like, the vomit bowl for the house, apparently people yes. use their... Yes.
1: The vomit bowl, yes.
0: Is also the bowl that they used to bake with or something. The bakery yes. bowl. Yeah, that yeah. is a
1: sick bowl that ha- might have been made a previous appearance when making a... cakes. Home so in I was tonight. like,
0: okay, all right. So people do that. So I offered that up. And then I did also... Um... And I wanted to check how rank he thought this was, which is for a period of time, I remember... <laughs> kind of wondering where Joe's toothbrush was. I was like, "Oh, there's only one toothbrush in there. What toothbrush have you been using?" Yeah. And she was like, "That's my toothbrush." And I was like, "Oh, okay. So we've been using the same toothbrush for like fucking like, um, that's I,
1: gross I think there are grosser things. I, okay. Yeah, I, I think the breath straining. I I'm still like struggling to process <laughs> it. And I might need I might yeah. need to have some sort of appointment after that. Helps yeah, deal yeah. With this information, I just don't um, feel like she, it'd be clean.
0: Probably. Yeah, I feel like yeah, to sh-
1: I, yeah, I, I just couldn't. I don't think I'd have. I don't think I'd have it in me to get into a bath after someone had stupid yeah, yeah, When I think I'm in the bath for like an hour, at least when I'm in my office. Well, that's what I call my bath. <laughs> but when I'm in the office, I'm in the office. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not getting out for no bugger. Yeah. But like, I just don't. I just can't imagine then. Cause like, maybe this is like a Welsh thing, but we used to shit. Like, I, I definitely remember as a young kid. Either I or my brother would have a bath first, and then my mum would get their mouth, and then put the other one in. Yeah, like I think I remember that. Yeah, yeah, sure. This was babies, like, like, young, right. young. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like and I didn't have things that would shed off me that would need straining. Like, <laughs> yeah. afterwards with with the with the baking sieve from the kitchen. Yeah. Um, but the toothbrush, I would always prefer my own. But I think there are probably times in my life that sure I do. probably have shared them. Yeah, the yeah, emergency. fair enough. Yeah, but fair enough. Please tell me you don't leave your. You don't leave your toothbrush out in the open in the bathroom, do you?
0: Oh, you mean near the toilet when you know, people flush well, it Well, just in and... the...
1: Because faecal spores, baby, like, you need to get that shit locked away. <sighs> if it's... Yeah, you know, I, that already just freak me out a away. little bit, actually. I, I have this very to... formative memory from A-level biology. We had this super cool teacher. He tried to teach us peristalsis by eating a banana whilst stood on his head to show that he could eat it and still swallow it and it would go up into his esophagus because he was obviously like upside down that that. kind of dude oh that's really cool but he i remember this revolutionary thing where he said you know when you fart you know you can smell that it smells like a fart and we were like yes sir yes that is correct he was like what you're actually inhaling in is that person's shit," and we were like huh and he was like yeah that's the spores and i just it's like such a core memory for me oh
0: god yeah yeah that's stuff and you didn't emotions, need to know.
1: Yeah, I've been obsessed with just thinking like that's in the air now.
0: Yeah, yeah. You don't need to know how that sausage is made, do you? You
1: do You do not need to no. know. Well, I'm that that
0: we under that <laughs> footnote. Great. We should, nothing to do with our sponsors though, who we should plug again. So at SCRBS underscore UK, they put you in scrubs. They're comfort-driven scrubs for all allied health profet- professionals. They are comfortable, durable, and good-looking scrubs, very practical with lots of pockets. Definitely check them out. I think they're launching a new range soon. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. And use our promo two Medic, so T-W-O-M-E-D-I-C-S, 10, to get 10% off. Cool. Thank you so much, Bethan. Oh um, uh, No,
1: thank you, Therusha. I like ending the podcast with poop chat. It's <laughs> yes. week, Always. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a nice end. Yeah, maybe we can make that our thing. Yeah, yeah. corner at the end. Poop <laughs> corner? <laughs> have you read about the poop knife on Reddit? You oh, must
0: have God, yeah, knife. I have heard this. Yeah,
1: for anyone who hasn't read about the poop knife, just Google the poop knife. Your yeah. life will never be the same again. It's like, apologies th- in advance. They must be
0: like cousins with the waffle stompers, right? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> God. Oh my I can't God believe it. the internet, the internet, eh? Um, it's
1: bad, man, it's bad.
0: Thank you so much for listening and uh, see you again next week.
1: Look after yourselves. Take care.
0: Bye.